Welcome, this is Matthias from the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Today, me and Araminta interview Ben from Germany. He's one of these remarkable young entrepreneurs who have accomplished way more than other people in their 40s. I had the pleasure to meet him at the Financial Independence Surf Camp I organized this year in Portugal. And in this episode, we talk about how he created an automated agency business, his approach to leadership, his new startup, and how he plans finally to become financially independent. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, we have Benjamin with us. Hello, Benjamin. Hi. And we have Araminta with us from Spain. Hello. And today is all about entrepreneurship, um, as Benjamin is an entrepreneur. I just want to start with a um, little introduction of Benjamin. I know Benjamin from the surf camp I ran in the beginning of the year. So it was a financial independence surf camp. There were like 15 to 20 people um, having presentations, um, walking at the beach, um, drinking drinking more and cooking together and um, discovering Portugal and learning a lot about finance and beyond. I learned about him, what he's doing, and I thought he's a very cool guy. So I wanted to um, show Benjamin as a role model, maybe for some of you, and I hope it's uh, kind of inspiring. So first question, uh, Benjamin, could you introduce yourself to our audience? So who you are, what age you are, um, where you're living, where you're from, what you're doing and stuff? Sure. So I'm Benjamin. I'm currently 24 years old. My main business is that I'm running an agency for web and app development. And uh, besides that, I'm also trying to build a startup. And so that's kind of my, my daily business. Currently, I'm living in Bochum. That's um, close to Dortmund in Germany. And yeah. So it's a small town um, between, I would say it's a small town between Cologne and Berlin. Yep. It's not really small, so like 300,000 uh, people living there. And could you also tell us a little bit more about your, your company, value proposition is, uh, how many employees do you have, What where your money comes from? Currently, we are around 16 people at the agency and around five at, at my startup. What my main business is that I'm kind of making my money from is actually just providing services to clients. So we are providing services starting from building a small website um, to an online shop to some larger web projects. And um, yeah, we're also building mobile applications and doing online marketing. So that's kind of the, the business, service-based business. So Benjamin, what, what stands out the most here is that you started your business at the age of 19. Mm -hmm. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I, I, I would love to know, um, I'm the same age as you at the moment. Next week I will be 20, so not anymore. Mm -hmm. But um, can you tell us a bit, why why did you start so young? What really motiv motivated you? Why were you, or, you know, how, why were you so sure of yourself that, you know, you wanted to build this business? Can you talk us a bit through that process? So um, I always knew that I wanted to start a business at some point in time. Um, and um, the first point to, to do that is at 18. So that's what I was trying to achieve, but it didn't really work I was as I was starting to uh, study. And um, when I was 19, I just thought it's 
it's getting time. So I signed up for a business, which is not that much of work in Germany. It costs like 20 euros and is a five minute sign up process. Um, at that time, I didn't really know into which direction it's going to go. I just knew that I wanted to start a business. And as I had some programming experience and some very unprofessional experience um, at that time in, in building websites, I thought that's going to be my starting point. And I think it was like three or four months later um, that I actually got my first client then. That's uh, pretty cool that you get um, the client that fast. Um I also I also created websites in the 90s, but I had no client. <laughs> but uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> I have the feeling that uh, so young people are more into startups than my generation. Like I'm pretty old, 35 years. So at the end of the 90s, it was all about drinking and music and um, yeah, going to concerts. Um, for me, at least, I have the feeling that a startup is a new gin tonic. So like, is a new is it a zeitgeist thing that you have your startup when you young or do you think you are the only one uh, who's doing that in your generation? Well, I also see that trend and I think that's quite cool that a lot of people are starting businesses nowadays. Um, I personally think that I was always um, trying to start a business. Like I, I remember even when I was 13 or 14, I, I kind of had the plans to, to run my own business at some time. So maybe I was a bit ahead of that trend. But um, anyways, it's, it's really cool that people are trying to, to build startups these days. And maybe it's also more accessible uh, through the internet and through this, these books, like for our start, uh, for our work week and stuff. So what I'm I'm really interested in is is get, digging deep into how you got started and mm -hmm. you know the the steps you went through. So uh, you started at home, I'm guessing, and the first three months you got your first client. How how did you get your client? Because um, yeah, it, it varies from person to person. You built your website. You started. Well, a portfolio or how did you convince that person to spend money on you? Actually, it was, um, I, I didn't have a portfolio, to be honest. And I, I don't think, think you necessarily need it um, in, in the first place. It's good to have one, of course, at any time. But um, for my first client, it was not really necessary. What I did is I built a very very simple website for myself with without a portfolio then i just thought i have to get some some clients now so i was um, looking in the internet checking out some some websites and finding potential clients and i actually just grabbed my phone and and called a few people and one of them was my first client then yeah that's awesome so you got your first client uh, and then after that it's like a snowball right you get your next client and slowly builds up and blah, blah. and um how when was the time that you got your first employee then getting my first employee that was like two to three years after that before that i also had some experiences working with freelancers some were good experiences some were not so good because people are generally i think uh busier if they are not working just for you. So so it's um, more common to, to sometimes make bad experiences as well, which doesn't mean they are not good freelancers, but um, still. And I think that was in August of 2016 that I got my first employee then. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. I guess um, as you were working on your business and, and it slowly grew, university wasn't really a priority for you. Why, why is that? Why... Um, Uh, did your parents, what did they think of that? Were you just like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to worry about a degree. 
how how did that work well for for me personally it was like i i didn't really um care too much about the degree but i tried to combine it for a while like for a year or or maybe a bit more um what i was trying to do is to warn all clients as as much ahead as possible um that i'm going to have my exams and that i'm not going to have time for two or three months but it was quite stressful because you have to imagine um before that time before these two or three months of not working i have to work so much that i'm able to afford all of the spendings of these two or three months and in the end it never worked because clients always want something from you even if they are totally understanding and think that uh, they are going to give you all the time you need for university in reality it never worked out so um after i i had two semesters of exams that didn't go so well because I was just super, super stressed with, with projects and um, exams and combining both of them. Uh, what I decided is that I'm just going to try to run my business for half a year. So I was still um, signed up as a student, but I was um, certain that I'm just going to focus on my business now. Yeah, actually that part worked so well that after this, I just decided not to study anymore. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Matthias, have you ever, did you ever consider doing that when you were in university? Did you start a business? Do you think you could have done that when you were in uni? I did some inter internship and also worked as a freelancer um, part-time. And I also had a couple of side hustles that brought me no money, but was really funny. Uh, like a, a satire party, working in, a, in the German satire party called the party. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't considered that because I was a little bit af afraid not having a university degree because in Germany that's really important. It makes life just easier. So and my my parents haven't been haven't been teaching me entrepreneurship and also where want me to accomplish this um, university thing first. And that's why I haven't tried not to uh, finish it. I mean, what I'm doing at the moment is basically I also, I'm working and then I have a few projects on the side and then I'm studying online. Like you, Ben, I, you know, I'm between university and working and I would much rather work at the moment than study. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, just in case, back up. Uh, and so I'm like studying part-time online and uh, yeah, it's working pretty well at the moment. But um, also I, I want to know, um, you know, starting a business in Germany, is it is it easy? Uh, what's it like? Because um, were you working always from home or you said it cost like 20 euros to set up? That's pretty cool. In in the UK, I think it's 12 pounds, which is which is pretty amazing. Um, how easy was it to manage like the accounting, the, you know, uh, employee paying them and all that? How, how was that in to do, you know, in Germany? I think if, you, if you're starting a very small business, accounting is made relatively easy. So that's not a big deal until you make some amount of money, then it gets more complicated. First employee payments. Yeah, that, that was kind of interesting because I had no idea of, of how to how to make a payroll and all of that stuff in the very first beginning. So basically what I did is I called the people that... Um, have to receive the money and they explained everything to me and they were really um, helpful setting up everything together with me. So that was was quite cool that you are getting this consultation of the people directly. Yeah, so that worked quite well, I guess. That's pretty cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have much idea about accounting. And uh, when I try and manage the finances of my own projects, it's it's a little bit of a nightmare. So. I think there's there's software available that walks you through the process and it doesn't hurt to ask a tax advisor, at least in the beginning, to set things up. I think it's easy also using YouTube uh, in the beginning. But as Benjamin said, if you cross a certain amount of money, you probably have. But there are also services like um, online tax advisor you can use or um, some freelancer. So it should be 
possible. And I think it's really cool that you can start your own company for uh, for such a low price, I would say. I was also, also want to ask, um, I mean, then you had some a couple of, of employees and there also have been some uh, like good performing, uh, good performing employees and some bad um, performing employees. So how do you approach leadership? How you, do you develop um, your employees? Are you kind of dictator? How do you work with employees that are not performing as you expect? them to perform? Well, I hope I'm not a dictator. What I personally feel is that everybody should have a lot of freedom as long as he um, at least tries to work with your company's goals. But what I, my experience is, is if you really notice that somebody is um, harmful for your company and you don't think there is an option that he's going to, to change because his mindset is completely wrong, I think in this situation, you just need to talk to this person and just, just need to see that it doesn't work out and that you probably should get rid of this person. But um, I'm, I'm I'm always trying to do that in a very nice way if it happens. And I just think if you, um, it's, it's kind of a learning curve also, like to, to um, the, the steps from, from hiring the first employees to, to where I am now, I think I'm able to make better choices and to just better decide who is good for the team and who is not for the, good for the team in advance. But back to your questions of developing employees, what I'm trying to do is, is have very regular meetings with them. So I'm kind of talking to every employee every day. If the opportunity is there, then I'm also doing feedback meetings and, and trying to just, just see into which directions do they want to develop. Usually I don't have time to, to sit next to an employee for 10 hours and, and teach them something. But if there's something special that they want to learn, I'm trying to provide video courses for that, that I think have got good content so they can teach um, themselves in these areas. So it seems to be that you um, take a lot of time also to invest in your employees from choosing them, to developing them, um, giving them feedback on their work and yeah, try to help them to grow within your company so that you also yeah, can utilize them for more complicated projects and stuff or can allocate their, their energy and work to the projects that fits to, to their skills. Yes, that's uh, very important also if you know your employees, you, you will see who has some strengths or something in, in which area. Some people tend to be uh, forgetting sometimes. Some people tend to be very reliable and, and are able to communicate with clients better. So you kind of know which projects fit best to which person. And that kind of also reflects the developing path where you can know in which direction would it be cool if someone has this or this or this skill. And yeah, then I'm trying to teach them or, or just write down this um, process. What also helps a lot, which I just discovered this year is proper documentation. Um, so right now we are still documenting every repeating work process in, in the hope that um, in the future, everybody can just look up everything and it, it makes things easier then. We do that too, actually at our business or at the startup I'm working for. Every single thing we're doing, every single process we do, we write how we've done it so that then the next person comes in, you know, it's really easy for them. And I love that. It's very, that's a really good idea. Uh, and I wanted to ask, so you've had this business for like five years now. Um, where is it at this moment? How has it grown? Uh, how do you feel about it? And um, yeah, what are your What are your plans for the future with this uh, company? So I personally really like to grow it more. Um, what, where is it at right now? So what, what is quite cool, I guess, is that I was able to, to kind of automate it to a certain degree. So um, I think right now I'm spending between half an hour to one and a half hour maximum um, on managing this business daily. I guess in, in the next year, 2019, it's going to grow 
quite a lot more. What, what you have to see is in, in 2016, I didn't really have any kind of processes. So my goal for 2017 was to, to build actually my first team and to build some processes, which kind of worked out, I guess. And in 2018, I was trying to finalize these processes or to get a lot closer to that. And and I think that's also possible to, to be seen in, in the amount of employees. So I'm, I'm really seeing that my business is growing and is still growing. And I think... Um, Pretty soon, I'm, I'm going to have the next um, bigger step of growth. Yeah, but but I guess there will be will be a level where I feel comfortable about it. I don't think I want to grow it to 50 employees. I think maybe it's going to be 20, 25, or 30, and that's somewhere the limit where I think it's it's at a cool position. I have the feeling that agencies like digital marketing agencies or like app development agencies they are popping up every day. And do you feel this competition? And how do we want to stay ahead of it? Well, I think I've got some some different approaches like I'm not really competing with the direct agencies in, in Essen I just have some different approaches of, of gaining clients um, nowadays which um Yeah, which which kind of um, leaves me out of the competition, I, I would say. Because if one of the things that we are currently doing a lot, for example, is to work with partner agencies. So right now, I think I've got around 100 partner agencies. That means um, they are regularly providing me with, with clients, for example. And I think um, there can pop up as many agencies as they want to be. If you deliver a certain quality and you know that you are reliable and you have a decent pricing and that you're able to, to provide services um, quite well um, in combination with some interesting approaches to sales, I think that's going to work quite well. Yeah, it's, it's visible that it's um, that this company, well, that it's worked out your strategies. So congratulations. <laughs> it seems also that you're trying to push a little bit harder on your processes, like to the documentation part and the, how you invest in your employees and stuff like that. I think that's um, critical if you want to provide the quality um, so that you maybe provide quality of uh, IT consultancy um, to the price of, the na of an agency. Another thing, because I'm a little bit old, you know, um, you started a little bit early. Um, so if you, what would you say to a 30-year-old human being or a 35-year-old human being um, that wanted to restyle, that, that decides to also to found a company or to... Yeah, to, to build something up. Um, is, is it kind of different? What would you recommend to some old boy or girl? Well, I think it's very hard for me to, to judge that because I'm not that old yet. But at the same time, I personally think uh, you should just start. Like if you feel like you can try that in full time, go for it. If you feel like you cannot do that, try in part time. And if you, I guess you just have to find the topic or the kind of business that you really want to do. And then it shouldn't matter if you are 18 or 35 or 50 years old, in my opinion. So you also started uh, in part time. Could also be possible for a 30 year old who's like an employee um, to maybe just work four days and then uh, slowly start working one day on this business and in the evenings and something like that. That really shows that anyone can really do it. And that's pretty cool. And and I, I want to link this back to um, financial independence. Do you feel that 
you know, starting your side business? Because, I mean, it started as a side business and then it eventually became your main business. Um, do you think this is a good way to, you know, fast track or actually work on your way to financial independence? Is this a good tactic, a good strategy? And why? Personally, I'm not sure if it's the best way that exists um, because back then when I started my business, I didn't really know about financial independence yet. But since I'm, I'm um, taking my time and, and uh, reading about this topic, I feel like it's quite a good way actually for example um, my my mindset has changed quite a lot i see every employee as an investment so I, I really know how much value am i receiving from each employee i guess that's kind of an approach to financial independence um, it's it's a mix of automating the processes so that i can draw my time out and at the same time developing and and yeah knowing how valuable each employee is for you That sounds very interesting. So because the, the, the employee is kind of of leverage and that's what gives you the return you, you can expect from an, uh, from a startup. Can you dig a little bit deeper? Because you had the presentation about your, your sales automation. It was, I was really impressed by that. Can you outline the process or the tool you have in place to get new deals? You're talking about the automated tool, um, which is kind of to, to describe the concept. We are trying to detect all of the people across Germany who are looking for service providers like us explicitly. Um, and we are catching all of them into an automated system, which is around a few hundred people per day. Then we are filtering them. And if potential clients that we would like to have, we can contact them, which is quite interesting because it's not spam. It's people who are actually looking for you and you're allowed to contact them. So you have um, certain key Words and you you're crawling the internet. You have certain keywords and you see that people where people are looking for your services. Like if somebody says, "I want to have an, a new web app" or "I want to have a new mobile app," and then you you automatically create an offer on proposal, like you generate a Word document. Basically, everybody is receiving a personalized email with a personalized PDF. So that's automated. You see the people who ask for a certain service and then there's a button you say, send a proposal. Them. Yeah, it's, it's quite simple. It's a yes and no system. Like I can literally type a Y or an N on my keyboard and it's working like that. That's that's really awesome. I think uh, many large companies could uh, <laughs> um, could learn uh, learn from that because that's a pretty um, pretty manual process. Uh, also in medium sized uh, companies or larger companies, that's also pretty cool that you um, you carving out a lot of time uh, by this um, automated process. Because, um, I mean, FI, for example, is, is all about being independent, uh, having time. So, and you reducing the amount of time you need to spend on, on things that are not really necessary. And you can use the time to invest it somewhere else or just speak to employees. So that's, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So automation is um, a, a good leverage in terms of profit and also time you can you can get back and invest in, in growing your business, I would say. Yes, it makes all of the things a lot easier. Like if you um, automate all of the processes that there are, which could be project management, invoicing, proposals, sales, I think if you can combine all of them, you will probably end up with 80 or 90 percent less work for the sales results. Wow, I, I love that. And um, so you really just looked at what can I automate, then you worked on that. And then your goal is to eventually have all the manual or low level work automated. So you can focus on the high level stuff on stuff that will actually produce what you can use in the future, something that will produce an income and that will make your time way more efficient. And that is, uh, yeah, that is a way to reaching financial independence. What are your plans really for the future right now? Are you um, 
are you going to keep automating everything or are you going to... So you've got several businesses at the moment. Um, so what are your plans for, for your personal future in terms of financial independence, businesses and, and all that? Tell us a bit, a bit about that. Reaching financial independence could still take a couple of years, um, but in terms of um, goals for my businesses, so I feel like my agency is automated to a degree where I'm currently relatively happy with it. So it's basically just about seeing how it goes, sometimes automating more stuff. For example, currently I have a very interesting thing that I'm again working on, which is automating uh, calculations of how valuable is an employee. So I, I'm currently working on that, which means probably from next week, I will be able to see at any time in life how things are performing. That's not to stress people, but just for me to, to kind of see how my investment my employees are, are doing then um, mainly i'm currently working on my startup that's like 80 or 90 percent of my day to nowadays which is a service where we or actually it's a, it's a company where we are developing for products which i personally really like because i feel like my agency is scalable to some degree but it's also not because you're also always dependent on on a lot of employees and hiring people and and um, teaching them and and it's just not the same scalability as if you are selling a digital product and you can sell it to a million people and there's no difference with that yeah yeah that's that's true that's quite more scalable and so you you've got your digital marketing business you've got your startup and is there anything else um Quite a few things, like just always a, a few more side businesses that I'm participating <laughs> wow. in. But in general, the two main things um, is my my agency and, and the startup. Yeah. And what's the name of the startup? The startup is called CodeStep. That's really cool. CodeStep. And you have four products. Can you just summarize the four products? The basic idea of CodeStep is to, to find problems. Um, then we discuss them and see if we want to produce a solution for that and then we find automated solutions so we have four products that are all in the area of automation i will just just give a short overview of them and and if anybody is interested more just feel free to contact me or read about it um, so the first one is in the area of privacy which means um, there was this uh, new privacy law in the eu that probably a lot of you have heard of um, in may and we have built a software which is more automated which kind of saves you the paperwork of printing documents and sending them by post and and everything and and we're just generating these um, contracts that are required in the in this uh, privacy law and and you can send them all digitally sign them digitally receive them remind people automatically so we're just trying to to save time there and make the process better and more user friendly then uh, the second product is uh, in the area of price automation which means we have developed a software with which allows online shop can detect all of the prices of his competitors in real time at any time which is very interesting because there are a few competitors that are relatively expensive i think often the cheapest service starts around a thousand euros per month our approach is, is different because we are actually crawling entire online shops no matter if it's 30,000 or 100,000 products we can get all of that data in a, a matter of a few hours and just just check these things out we have a Third product, which is in the area of newsletters, which is basically trying to automate the newsletters completely from a company perspective so that um, you are just recycling and reusing all contents that you can find online and uh, building newsletters completely automatic. So my approach is um, I would like this newsletter to be set up once in two minutes and then it's supposed to generate an authentic newsletter forever. And um, the last product is in the area of product protection, where we have a service that 
basically exists in the US and, and a few people are actually doing that. That's if you um, are, for example, a music label and your software is getting shared illegally across the internet, we are able to protect that automatically and remove these illegal links from the internet. So that's the four products. Are they linked to each other, um, these, these products, or are you marketing them? Do you market them separately? Uh, completely separately, like they have own websites, own names, and they are not linked with each other. It's it's pretty amazing how yes, yeah, so you you started like five years ago, and you, you with all the experience you learned, now you can build a company that you know will satisfy clients' demands. Like it's through your digital marketing company that you probably realized, oh my god, people need a good newsletter, people need uh, something for their music lab labels, people need this, people need that. And it's pretty cool that yeah, you gained that. I want to know a bit about your, your personal path to financial independence. Are you continuously like uh, saving, investing? Is, is your goal eventually actually to reach FI or are you more into like financial independence, optional retirements, and you're going to keep working on your businesses? I Currently, I feel like I would probably still work on my businesses for, for a couple of years um, just because I'm very young still. I also think that my current path to FI might not be a plan that works for 40 or 50 years. Like let's say I, I would be able to automate my agency completely. That could probably work for 10, 20, maybe 25 years. But I think there's there's some amount of time when agencies are probably not going to work in the same way as they do right now. So what what makes me happy and what I really enjoy doing is um, building new companies at the moment. Um, so if that path works out, I will probably still do that in part-time or in full-time for, for some years. But um, of course, I would be happy to reach the optional um, FI part anytime soon. So what you also say is that you say that the agency is not, the, the model of the agency is not working maybe in the future, like in 20 or 30 years. So that you probably have to be able to build a new cash flow building machine or to build a new business. So that means that you have to be, yeah, that you cannot just say, okay, I get money from my agency and I can chill. <laughs> I can lay at the beach. I don't have to learn anything new anymore. So you say you still want to learn new things. You want to try new ventures and so that you always be able to, to build up new um, companies. Yes. What, what I think is good is that the team that I'm building is, is very um, good. They are good at programming and all of these things. So I feel like there's always going to be some kind of market, but I just feel like the agency market itself might change dramatically in 10 or 20 years. Um, just because even today, a lot of website builders are keeping to get better and better and better. And I guess in 10, 20, 30 years, there's going to be a day where these kind of things are very, very good. And then it's going to be hard to compete with it. Yeah, that's very true. Cool. So Benjamin, thank you very much. Very inspiring, I have to say. Uh, now I realize I need to Poner mis pilas, we say in Spanish, it means, you know, put your batteries on and I'm going to try and, yeah, try my own business. One that makes profit, at least. That'd be cool. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I try, I try, I try. So, yeah, so we're going to, we've got these final questions that we do to every guest. So our first one is... Where can we find you online? Where can someone who's listening to this find you online? You can find me on Facebook or Instagram. I guess Matthias will have the links for that. Um, alternatively, if you are interested about my agency, you can go to schleier.it. We will also put the link into the description. And if you are interested about the startup, that would be codestep.de. Okay. So we definitely will put it into the show notes that people can just uh, conveniently click on it. And they can also um, stalk you on 
on Instagram maybe. Is there any one resource that maybe is not well known that you could recommend to other people, maybe for productivity or for inspiration or for whatever? Um, what I personally really like is the app Blinkist, which is an app which sums up entire books into around 10 minutes, which which often is free. And what I'm trying to do is to to learn daily um, by reading a, an entire or, or hearing a, an entire um, a summary of a book uh, every day. In terms of productivity, what I also really like for my agency is the project management tool Monday, which, which is really cool because it's very, very automated and it just um, allowed me to work a lot quicker compared to other project management tools. So it's also better than, than Asana. Um, you recently told me And what do you think about this toggle tool you mentioned recently when we had a talk? Yeah, I, I feel, feel like uh, personal time management and just seeing um, where are you actually spending your time is very important for a lot of people. And toggle is one option where you can easily, and, uh, and it's actually fun to use it, track your time and track on which projects or which areas of your life are you using it on. So I feel like if you are um, having problems in, in working efficiently, it could be a way for you to just see What are your time wasters and, and what, where should you place your focus? That's cool. I'm going to try that. Uh, Blinkist, I'm a bit scared to try that because I really enjoy reading, actually. And I'm like, okay, I could listen to the summary, but uh, I'm going to forget all that. I can offer you a perspective on that. Um, I talked to an agile coach and he's using uh, Blinkist in a way that he is like pre-listening books. So he, he's listening to Blinkist like two per day or one per day. Way one is is for free. So if you have want to just listen to one random book for serendipity purposes, you can just go for free. And he's discovering new books and the one the ones where he's really interesting, where he um, thinks they can bring a lot of value to him. He's reading the books in in, co in total, so completely. So it's, I think it's a good way to discover books. And also, if if you read a book um, some two years ago, it's maybe good to um, listen to the summary again to yeah to to catch up with the content and see how it uh, changed your life a little bit. That's true. Third question and last question: What is your number one actionable tip for someone to get started on the path to financial independence? Find a direction that you want to go in, um, that you want to try. Then try it and see what you can do better. Like um, this entire automation process is something that really helped me. But I guess also this uh, reflecting, seeing what you can do better, um, rethinking and rebuilding your structures. That's kind of what worked for me. And know your numbers. Like for for me, what what was um, a huge step towards figuring out which which way to go for FI is just actually seeing, okay, cool, if I have this amount of employees and they work this amount of time, that means I'm getting this kind of a return, which was a key moment for me because I actually noticed I need more employees, which I was not aware of before that. So no matter what your system is, try to, to see the numbers and see how you can scale it to a point of FI. Then. I totally agree with that. Uh, if you don't really know which direction to go in, you don't really know what you're doing, do the maths. And the maths will speak for themselves and you'll be like, cool, I need to do that. I need to do that. So totally agree. Benjamin, thank you very much for this um, awesome episode. Very inspiring. And I hope it uh, helps other people, you know, start their own businesses, whether you're 20, whether you're 30, whether you're 60, it doesn't matter. Yeah, thank you very much. Benjamin, uh, I hope we can talk maybe in five or 10 years again sure. to see yeah. where we're at. Um, <laughs> Um, I would be really interested. Comparing him to ourselves. Yes. I mean, if you accomplish, <laughs> if you <laughs> accomplish all these things uh, at the age of 19, uh, we cannot imagine where you will be with 45 or yes. 60. <laughs> That'd you know. be cool. 
Anytime. We will talk again. This podcast will still be alive, I'm sure. <laughs> it will take place in augmented reality, maybe, but it's still a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. Cool, Ben. Thank you very much. Enjoy. And uh, see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.